to episode, what am I up to? 18 of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. Okay, so on the show with me today, I have Jacqueline Hellyer from Love Life. Jacqueline is a sex therapist, relationship coach, sex educator, tantra teacher, speaker, media expert, author, and blogger, pretty much an all-around sex guru. She's been featured in magazines such as Men's Health, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, Cleo, Girlfriend, and Marie Claire, and on radio and television programs, including Mix 106.5, Today, Sunrise, and 60 Minutes. And she also has her own radio show and podcast, The Tantric Lounge. And she's come on the show today to talk about relaunching your sex life as a single mother. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Hi, Julia. Pleasure. Okay. I'm so glad you're here because I think for single mothers, getting back into sex is really difficult. And I know from many single mums that I've spoken to about it, it's, it's really challenging and pretty overwhelming to think mm. about. Yes. And I mentioned to my listeners that I would be talking with you on my podcast and there was an overwhelming response of questions that they needed help with. So thank you so much. Okay. So I'll just get straight into it. Um, So I think a lot of them and probably just mothers in general actually lose their confidence and might feel a bit like damaged goods or something, particularly if they've been through a traumatic birth. And I think that they might worry that they're only one that feels like this. So firstly, is it normal to feel like this? Oh, absolutely. Everyone is confused about sex and their sexuality at all different stages of life and mothers have their own particular issues that everyone's struggling with. We have a society that has desexualized the mother, so it can be really hard to reconcile what that means when you reach that phase of life. Yeah. Um, I think particularly when you're breastfeeding and everything, it's all a bit, a bit too much to think about. Well, it can be. It isn't for everybody but it can be mm. because that gets confusing as well. What are the breasts for? You know, the breasts are supposed to be sexual objects, but now they're objects of nurturance. And, and a lot of us have trouble reconciling those. What we see is quite disparate um, purposes, which is very unfortunate because it shouldn't be, but that's just the way we've been brought up. So what, what's the best way to sort of deal with that? How do you separate your feeling of being a mum to being like a sexual woman? Well, the thing is you don't separate it. You see the two coming together. As you, when you become a mother, if anything, you should become more sexual. You're growing into a new phase of life. Life is expanding. Your sense of yourself as a, as a woman, as a human being is expanding. And so much more sensuality comes into your life as a mother, so much more love, so much more wisdom. If you can, um, if you can see the transition into motherhood in this way, then everything blossoms and becomes better. But too often, like we're brought up, we're brought up not to trust our bodies. We're brought up to be confused about our sexuality. We're confused about being mothers. Mothers these days just are so um, stressed trying to get everything right rather than just going with the flow and, you know, getting into the rhythm of motherhood. You know, we try and force things. We try and make things happen and it's so stressful. And if there's one thing that turns people off sex, it's stress. Yeah. I think that's the problem with mothers and, and, and sexual desire. It's more the stress that they're putting themselves under rather than actual anything to do with being a mother. So you think it's mainly just about sort of changing your mindset? Yes, definitely. And it's really hard because in our society there's not a lot of good role models. There's not a lot of information about it. We have a very juvenile attitude to sexuality in our society. It's all sort of, you know, rah-rah, you know, supposed to be horny or tits and bums sort of thing. Um, And we don't have a really good concept in our society about ageing in general 
but about how sexuality matures with age and understanding that when you come into this phase of life as a mother, the kind of sexuality that you can start to experience is so beautiful and so much better than it was when you were young, where it's very physical, it's lots of fun, it's not necessarily really beautiful. Mm. Then as you as you grow through the motherhood phase and start coming out the other end, and I want to let all the mothers out there know that it does get better, they do grow up, then you can <laughs> combine all of these new awarenesses and these understandings about sexuality and yourself as a sexual being so that then the next phase of life is just like just amazing, awesome, the kind of sexual experiences that you can have as a woman. Because you see, as a woman, and this is another thing, because for so long in our society, female sexuality was seen as a means to service men's sexuality. We, we brought up girls, we still do bring up girls to think that they're not sexual or shouldn't be sexual. It's still very confusing. Porn star versus prude. Should you, shouldn't you? Good girl, bad girl. How the hell mm. does that work when you're a mother as well? So we've got these very confused ideas about, well, what is it to be a sexual woman full stop, whether you're a mother or whether you're not a mother? And it's really hard to get the information. So that's a lot of what I do with women is teach women about how awesome our bodies are, how women are more sexual than men at all phases of life. And to to learn to tap into what's going on for you, to be able to ask for what you want. Now, this also means that you've got to move away from this very immature approach to sexuality, which is fine when you're young that, oh, God, I'm really horny, you know, let's shag really hard. Because, yes, when you have small children and infants, you probably don't want to have shagadelic type sex. But because we don't have a concept of what else there is, or we don't feel that we have a right to ask for what we want, and so many women struggle really with asking for what they want, even identifying what they want. So then they tend to shut out the the dads and the dads are there going, but, you know, I want to be intimate with you. She's interpreting it as you want to get your penis wet and he's like, no, I'm feeling really disconnected from you. I want to connect. I find that men in general actually have a better understanding of intimacy than a lot of women do, even though we say that they don't. Um, And then they get shut out and then that causes rifts in the relationship and they become more and more distant and the woman focuses more on the the babies, the the husband, the father gets shut. You just see it over and over and over (laughs) and over again and it's all based on misinformation. It's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, Mm. it is sad. I think there is some sort of a lot of confusion about it. Um, So many single mums you know, they may have had the same partner for decades or several years. And the thought of actually getting back out there is pretty (laughs) terrifying. And I think they're not, they're not used to a new sexual partner and they might've had sex for a year, two years, three years. Oh, 10, 15, 20 sometimes. Yeah. 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 So, so how do you, do you have any suggestions to how to overcome this fear? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, for a start, it's very normal. I remember one of my clients once said to me that she felt like a very experienced virgin. <laughs> like she'd had a lot of sex but yeah. in her life, but, you know, she just felt like completely like a virgin as though it was all new. Yeah. Yeah. And the thought of dating is like you know, really scary and there's all these newfangled dating apps which, you know, maybe you haven't used in the past and, you know, are there rules and all these sorts of things. So the first thing I want to say to everyone who's listening is there are no rules. There are absolutely no rules. 
And you really have to tap into what feels right for you. Now, some women, when they have a breakup, they actually go a little bit crazy and they start having heaps of sex and it's kind of like, you know, the champagne corks um, corks popped and, you know, they go a bit crazy. Others are just like, whoa, no way, I'm not going anywhere near this thing for until I feel like it. So there's a very huge range of responses sexually um, when, when mothers break up. And there's no right and there's no wrong. It's just what seems to be working for you. Um, So just understand that it's normal to be concerned, to be terrified even. But the one thing I want to say, and I say this to all women who are looking for, for new partners, new relationships, is you've got to treat the men and I'm being very heterocentric here, I hope that's okay, but you've got to treat the men like human beings. Mm. Too often women project onto men this all-knowing sexuality that somehow you've got to live up to his expectations of what sex is or that somehow he's going to know it all and you're not going to know it. And that is what gets in the way more than anything else. You have to look at these men that you might be meeting on a date or trying to connect with or even, you know, getting into bed with. He's just as nervous as you are. He's just as fallible as you are. My God, he's got this new naked woman in bed with him, or he might. Um, And this is terrifying for men. And they've got all sorts of stuff going through their head about how they should, you know, are they going to perform? Are they going to be good enough? You know, are they going to get it right? And when two people can come together and have some compassion for each other and to understand that they're both, you know, feeling all those new person nerves, new partner nerves, Mm. it makes it so much easier just to be normal. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's just another person. He's just another person who you're getting to know. You've really got to, like, just throw out all of that stuff about, oh, I've got to impress or I've got to get it right. No, this is just another human being who, you know, so far indications are quite good, whether you've met them in real life or, you know, you've met them on on a dating site or even someone setting you up for a blind date. Clearly your friends have got an idea that there's some compatibility. It's just Mm. another person. All you have to do is get to know them a bit as a person. See if you get on with them. That's the most important thing. Then if there's a bit of chemistry there or a lot of chemistry, fantastic. That's great. I mean, if there's no chemistry, you probably don't want to go there. But you have to really enjoy the person's company. You have to suss out whether this person is both desirable and safe. So don't jump into anything. Not unless you're feeling really wild and crazy and you can you know, look after yourself in that way. But if you are feeling nervous, you take it at a pace that you want it to go with. If he thinks that you're going too slow, well, then he's not worthy of you. You really need to take the time to check that this guy's worthy of you, that mm. he matches you, that he's willing to go at your pace and yeah. that you can develop a connection with this guy. That's what it's all about. And he's just another human being and he's probably feeling exactly the same things as you are. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. Yeah. Yep. So for other single mothers, um, like you were saying before, some of them, they don't don't want a relationship. They just want to sort Mm -hmm. of get out there and have some sort of a sex life again. Um, But maybe they are lacking the confidence and, you know, how you were saying before, there's a misconception of the male mentality. Mm of wanting that like how do you I think it's I think it's hard for women to sort of come to terms with it 
it's they sort of think it's not just it's not what I should be doing I don't have that sort of male mentality of just getting out there and just having sex rather than an actual relationship well it's not necessarily a male mentality I mean this is one of the myths that we've got all these stupid ideas about men are like this and women are like that and when you've spoken to thousands of people in intimate detail like I have you realize that it's just not true I actually see more couples where the man's got the lower desire than the woman does just as an example. You know, I get so many men of all different ages saying, you know, I I don't know what to do sexually, you know, I find women intimidating, what do I do? Um, And plenty of men who come to me saying, I don't like to sleep around. Like if if I'm not into the person, if I'm not in a relationship, I don't want to have sex with anyone. Yeah. (laughs) And they sometimes go, what's wrong with me? Aren't men supposed to be these animalistic creatures? No. No. And particularly um, for a lot of women need to realise too that they might have met up with their their ex when they were quite young and people, you know, younger people, younger men can have higher sex drives and so forth. But this could be, you know, 5, 10, 20 years on. He's in his 30s, in his 40s or beyond even. Um, He's had a lot of knockbacks in life. Mm. You know, he's probably gone through had relationships and one or many. He's had to struggle with his sexual performance, his managing his fatherhood, how is he going to do, you know, like it's it's complex mm. for everybody. Um, so please, I really want to encourage everyone to not buy into any ideas that men are a certain way and women aren't because it's just not true. That's why it's so important to just see this guy as just another human being Yeah, who's who's flawed, who's fallible, who has his fears, has his hopes, who probably thinks getting you naked in his bed would probably be one of the best things that could happen because, you know, men like to have naked women in their bed, <laughs> particularly women that they like. And been, you know, but it's also terrifying for them too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and men are under so much performance yeah, pressure these days. Definitely. So much. It's becoming a real problem. I mean, all my colleagues are seeing it because, you know, everyone everyone's got this porn mentality that men are supposed to have these rock hard cocks for hours and end. And if it's not, there's something wrong with him or something wrong with her. So much misinformation. Um, anyway, so going back to what you were saying and let's rephrase it without all this gender bias Yeah. that if any of your listeners are feeling lacking in confidence in going out and approaching potential partners, right? It's not having a male attitude or a male mentality. That's not true at all. Um, But just that they're feeling nervous about that and take your time. Yeah. Take your time. Have a chat. Talk to your friends about it. You know, spend a little bit of time. You know, sometimes I say to my clients, just look at a few online dating sites. Just kind of get a feel for who's out there. And, you know, don't just kind of right swipe, left swipe, left swipe, left swipe. You know, like just to have a look and look at these guys as real people. Yeah, um, because we can get really superficial and, oh, yeah, his nose is too big or he's got a funny chin or, oh, I don't know, he's an accountant, no way, or, <laughs> you know, whatever superficial judgments we put on there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not saying it's superficial to care about what someone looks like. It's actually incredibly important that you're with someone who you find physically attractive. Um, but, you know, like just be aware, just breathe take it slowly just say honor your feelings honor that oh my god I'm feeling like really nervous even opening up RSVP let alone you know connecting with someone but the the lovely thing about um well online dating for instance is you can actually take your time you can contact the person you can have some conversations with them 
That's true. Yeah. Do you think online dating is the best way to meet someone to have sex with? Well, statistically it is. Mm. I mean, depending how old you are, but generally once people get into their 30s, they tend not to hang out in, you know, nightclubs and stuff as much. Yeah. So, you know, as you get older, it can be harder to meet new people. Um, You know, if you're same old people at work, same old people in your social group. So unless you're starting new activities, it, it can be tricky to meet new people. Whereas when you go online, there's hundreds, if not thousands of, of people out there and you know that they're single. Yeah. So so that it, it's beneficial in that way. But you have to make sure that you don't get overwhelmed with the whole thing because it can just turn into people shopping. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got to be cautious about that. Okay. So how do you know one of the ladies – said to me um you know she's never had casual sex she's a bit worried like how do you know if someone is safe from diseases you know like I think that's a fear of many women they just don't want to Mm. you know get an STD or you know sure so you know they'd obviously use protection but is there a way to go about it the right way or yeah well probably the way they did with the person they partnered up with unless they were virgins when they got married yeah (laughs) um so for a start always use a condom yeah always use a condom carry your own if you want to be sure and if he says no well then you say no to the whole whole thing yeah um i mean most most men don't want to catch diseases either so they should be happy to use a condom if you if you can go and get tests done and show each other the certificate to show that you're clear Hmm. Um, before you go condomless, if you're going into a relationship with someone, yeah, that's that's the safest, most sensible way to go about doing it. But if you're just having yeah, more casual encounters with someone, then always wear a condom if you're concerned. Yeah. Okay. So one person was asking, what's the best way to approach things like body image issues, like stretch marks that give away the fact that you're a mum? Horrors. Horrors, God forbid that someone might think that you're a mother. <laughs> if someone doesn't want to sleep with you because you're a mother, then you don't want to sleep with him. Yeah. Seriously, ladies, what a question. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're blighted by this disease called motherhood. <laughs> I, I can assure you that every single person, male or female, as they get older, will have some signs of life on their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> the man is going to have signs of life on his body. You know, his hair's thinning for Christ's sake. Like if we think that stretch marks are bad, think about the poor guys who are losing their hair <laughs> and they can't do anything about it. You know? Well, getting- just, yeah, like you are saying, they're, they're human as well. <laughs> I guess we just have to understand that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They're going to have their own insecurities too. Absolutely. And women mm. worry much more about their bodies than men worry about women's bodies. Yeah. They really do. You know, we have been brought up to be critical of our bodies. Every single billboard, every single magazine is designed to make us feel bad about our bodies. Yeah. In my own practice, I've noticed that the more beautiful a woman is, the more body issues she has. Wow. Yeah, when a beautiful woman walks in the door, I'm like, okay, we're going to have serious body issues here <laughs> because they're under even more pressure. I mean, in fact, it's sort of like, you know, let's, how can I put it? The plain girls Mm. generally are fine. Mm. 
they're generally fine. It's like they've come to terms with the fact that they're nowhere near model capacity. So they come to terms with them. They're often very happily partnered and like sex, but the more beautiful the woman gets, um, you know, especially if she's had cosmetic surgery, which is very obvious, you can always tell when a woman's had stuff done, you know, body issues, like paying a lot of money to get a surgeon to change the way you look doesn't solve your body issues. Yeah. They're still there. You've just got a different looking face that's smoother than it should be and puffier lips and funny, <laughs> funny slanty eyes. And but your neck and your hands and everywhere else and your stretch marks and your saggy bits, they're still there. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's gonna have them too. Yeah. He's gonna have them too. Hmm. Okay, so what about um so a couple of the women who have sort of, you know, haven't haven't had a new partner sort of since their 20s and they might be in their 40s now and they're worried about things like um health issues that impact on sex for example menopausal things like vaginal dryness and stuff like that Mm -hmm. what's the best way to how would they how would they explain or you know I think they're just sort of feeling self-conscious about it and they're not they're not sure whether to bring it up or mm. and say something or explain mm. it or yep. how do they go about that okay so here's the thing about menopause um it's been proven scientifically that it's a bit of a use it or lose it sort of a thing so women who continue to have good quality regular sex throughout their lives tend not to have those sorts of menopausal symptoms like wow. vaginal dryness Right. And often women who thought that they were dried up get a new partner who they find sexually attractive and everything's fine. Yeah. Not always. There's a lot, a lot of variation in terms of how women experience menopause. Some find it awful, others no symptoms whatsoever. They just their period stop done. So it's very, very varied, but definitely I was talking to a gynecologist about this just the other day at a um, professional development evening. Yeah, and she said the best thing you can do is is just keep having sex. Yeah, right. And if you have stopped having sex, have sex with someone that, that you like, who you find attractive. Now, the important thing, though, is you have to understand what good sex is. And good sex is not kissing a bit, touching a bit, and then he's in. Yeah. Like good sex is taking your time until you are ready. Now, if, you, if you've got in the habit of having sex when your vagina is not ready, when it's not lubricated, you're going to make it worse. Oh. And you're also going to make it more likely when you do hit menopause that you're going to have problems. So too many women get in the habit of having sex when they're not actually ready for it. When you are ready for it, you'll be swollen up, you'll be soft, you'll be dripping, it will be, and you will want him inside you. If you're not feeling that then you're not ready for it and don't let him in. You invite him in when you're ready. <laughs> it probably comes down to that pleasing the man kind of mentality. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. pornographic sort of thing. Yeah. Look, it's amazing. When you start thinking about it and when you really start thinking about it, you will be shocked at how ingrained all this stuff is. Yeah. You know, modern women who are well-educated, independent, but when they start looking at their sexuality, they go, oh, my God, oh, my God. I, I really, I don't own my sexuality. It only becomes active in relation to a man. Yeah. I feel like I have to do something at certain times. So many women will think, oh, he'll get bored or it must be time for me to, to do intercourse. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no. You actually have to turn around. And here's the real secret, ladies, the big secret 
get this into your heads, get this into your wombs and your vaginas and it'll change your life. <laughs> Men's sexuality is actually there to serve female sexuality. Men are designed to serve us sexually. If we become highly aroused, we can go places that men can only dream of. We can get so aroused, we can get into orgasmic states. Men can't. But when we go there, they have more satisfaction than they could any other way. Mm. I have asked every single man I've ever seen, and we must be up around a 1,000, what is it they like best about sex? And they all say, even the occasional dickhead I meet, they all say her pleasure. Her pleasure. A man cannot enjoy sex if the woman is not enjoying sex. Yeah. He just can't. Not unless he's like a real asshole narcissist. And, look, there are a few of those, but they are actually quite rare. Most of these poor guys we call narcissists aren't narcissists at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just not good at communicating. <laughs> um, the couple are not good at communicating. Um, yeah, the more pleasure the woman has, the more pleasure the man has. Now, I'm not saying he only does things to you when you lie back and act like a starfish. No, you need to become engaged. But that means you need to know what, where you're at and what you're liking and allowing yourself to receive and enjoy. And then as you become more aroused, then you're more likely to want to do lovely things to him. But if you think you have to go down on him because he's been going down on you and you're not really in the zone, that's awful. That's like a false, you know, head job. Yeah. Whereas if you're incredibly aroused and you're having a lovely time and it's all good, you'll want to have his penis in your mouth. Or if you don't, then don't. But, you know, like it's a completely different experience for you and definitely it's a different experience for him. Yeah. I think a lot of women find it really hard to to ask for what they want yes. and, you know, what would please them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the other questions that one of the women had was navigating sort of sexual positions and how do you say, like, I want this without sounding like a sort of sex-crazed person? (laughs) So there we go again. (laughs) Listen to the words. How do we say what we want without sounding like a sex-crazed person? Like if you're if you're in a cafe and you say to the waiter, I'd like some sugar in my coffee, (laughs) oh, my God, are you a food-crazed person? (laughs) like can you see how insane this is but it's so normal so don't feel bad anyone if you're thinking oh my god that's how I feel yeah it's crazy it is no different than asking for some sugar in your coffee yeah or a bit of salt could you pass me the salt please darling (laughs) yeah could you could you move into this position because I really like it darling (laughs) so keep in mind that the guys want to know what you like Time and time again, the guys are saying to me, I just wish she'd tell me what she wanted. Yeah. (laughs) Those couples have been together for decades and she still hasn't. Like he's got no idea what she likes because she doesn't tell him. And it's so frustrating for the guys. They don't have female genitals. They don't know. It's sad for the girl too. She's not getting what she wants. Yeah, and so then there's two unhappy people. And then often, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the reason why there's so many single mothers out there is because they hadn't, they couldn't manage this in their prime, in their relationship. They weren't able to talk about where they were at sexually. Yeah, I, yeah, it's probably really hard for people. It's you know, so many people come and see me, and they're like, "God, we should have come and seen you five years, ten years ago." God, if only we hadn't spent all these years like suffering because it's actually really straightforward it's not that difficult 
partly you have to learn to get comfortable talking about sex as comfortable as you as you feel talking about food yeah yeah sex should be a hobby for a couple yeah you know it's something you do for pleasure in your leisure time what do you like yeah. how do we like what could we do when can we make the time how can we have a nice environment what are we going to do with the kids oh i wouldn't mind trying this you talk about it you reflect on it you study you come and you come to my retreats you come to my workshops you sign yeah. up for my blog and there's plenty of other people out there these days too who provide information mm. Because otherwise you're acting, you're operating in a vacuum. You don't know. You don't have the information. You don't know what anyone else is doing. No one ever talks about their sex life. Not really. Yeah. Not honestly. That's true. Yeah. Um, so a couple of quick sort of dating questions. One, mm-hmm. one woman say that she was pretty adventurous when she was younger and now she sort of doesn't want to be bothered with having casual sex unless she's in an actual relationship mm-hmm. which is funny really hard yep. to find the enthusiasm to mm-hmm. date and try to find a relationship so how do you get out of that sort of oh, it's too hard sort of mindset well it's like anything in life that you want to change or you know develop reach a goal you've got to come from the positives mm. it's got to be attractive yeah and if you can't find anything attractive in the thought of you know, meeting someone lovely to share your life with, well, then don't go there. Yeah. You know, it's like saying, oh, yeah, I want to get fit and healthy, and, you know, but you don't do anything about it. Mm. You know, you've got to understand that you know, there's a little bit of um, effort involved. But what I say is um, do this little exercise. So put two columns on a piece of paper. And on one side you write down everything that you would like in a partner, ideally. And try and be as specific as you can. Don't worry about being overly idealistic. It's important that, it, that you, you're quite specific. Don't just say great sense of humour. Say, you know, really likes family guy yeah. or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and describe it and, you know, any physical features that is your ideal. And get a real felt sense for this guy. Like you want to be able to, to feel him, have this sense of who he is. Yeah. And then in the other column, that's usually fairly straightforward, that side. In the other column, you have to write down everything it is about you that's going to attract this guy into your life. Yeah, that's probably the harder part. <laughs> it's really hard. And too often people put all this effort into, oh, look, this is my ideal man, this is my ideal man. But unless he actually matches you, because you always end up with someone who's your level, shall we say. And yeah. if you're wanting someone who's too amazing, you're going to end up with a narcissist, yeah. right? Too many women fall for narcissists because they want, you know, Prince Charming to come and sweep them off their feet so they fall for it. Yeah. But, no, you want, if you want a man who's going to be your equal, who can match you, you need to own who you are and what your qualities are yeah. so that this is what this guy's going to be attracted to. Yeah. And when you can own that in yourself and when you've got a sense of who he, he is, then you're much more likely to find him. And it's much easier to say no to all the others because there's probably a thousand people on that online site that you're looking at. Yeah. And there's probably half a dozen that are good good matches. That's the thing. Mm. One of the, the girls was saying that she said that she finds sex is actually really easy yeah. to come by if you're yeah. active on online dating sites. Yeah. But it's the quality of people out there that she's finding it really hard to match with. Mm-hmm. And she sort of put them into three categories. And one is the men that have sort of come out of a relationship that's been really sexless and probably loveless. Yes. And and they're just sort of looking to make up for lost time and sleeping with as many as women mm-hmm. as possible. And then there's the men who are going through single dads who are going through family court mm-hmm. or custody issues or dealing with ex-wife issues mm. and 
then she sort of ends up playing the role of a counsellor. And thirdly, the third category is the people who have never married, don't have kids, who are sort of in their 40s, have earned a lot of money their entire career, but don't really have anything to show for it. And then after a while, she's sort of like, now I can see why they haven't been snapped up. You know, so in her 40s, she said, it's just so hard to find a person that doesn't fit into one of those three categories. And then it's sort of, you need to compromise what you're willing to put up with. And if you're happy to accept that, you know, they are okay, but maybe not fabulous. But I don't know. I think it's really hard for women to find a really good, normal man that's good for them, you know? Yes. And you know what? The men say the same thing. Yeah. You've got the three categories of women and you've got the women that want the blah, 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 blah. Okay. Basically what we're saying is the people that you're meeting are normal, flawed human beings just like you. Yeah. And if you meet a guy who you like, then you, the two of you need to co-create something that works for you. You need to work with his flaws and his problems. You need to talk about them. Mm. If he's talking too much about, you know, his ex and his family court problems, then you need to say that. You need to say, hey, sweetheart, look, you know, I'm, I don't want to fall into the role of counsellor because it's not sexy, you know. Yeah. But I, I think there's some things that you, you know, you need to find someone to talk about. Let's focus on these other things. Yeah. You need to create the type of relationship because otherwise this woman that you're talking about, she's giving the guy all the power. Mm. She's expecting him to somehow fit her fantasy ideal of what a man should be and he's not living up to it. Mm. So she's categorising them to sort of go, oh, well, that makes sense, he's just one of those. No, you've got to stop doing that. As much as I say you've got to, you know, see a man as an individual human being, and not put him on this pedestal. At the same time, you can't sort of put him down and just say, oh, he's one of that type of men. Yeah. Because, yes, guess what? Most of all, all the single men out there are probably going to fall into one of those rough categories, just like all the single women are going to fall into one of those rough categories too. Mm. That's why we're single in middle age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get that into your head. And look at him not through the prism of your fantasy ideal that you're going to somehow find this perfect man who's got all of his shit sorted, who doesn't have any baggage, yet he's 45. Now, come on. Yeah. Come on. And are you that perfect anyway? Like are you his perfect ideal? Yeah. Right. That's not how it works. Yeah. No, it's a good That's point. That's not how it went. It might have when you were young because when you were young you were unformed and you could meet someone, you're both 18, you've got the world ahead of you, you don't have too many issues. Yeah, it's fun, it's simple. Fast forward 20 years, yeah, you've got exes, you've got kids, you've got custody issues, you've got ageing parents, you've got, you know, you've got mortgages, you've got to manage the career, your boss is a pain, you can't stand your co Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. And what is so fabulous about relationship when you can create, when you can co-create something good, is that it helps support you through life. You can share the joys and you can share the challenges. Yeah. But someone who's categorizing men like that, that's probably why a relationship didn't work. She couldn't accept him Mm. for who he was. She couldn't have the compassion to see her partner or her potential partner as just a human being Mm. and helping him. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah? It's a good way of looking at Mm. it. Um, I'm mindful Mm. of the fact that you've got to get going. Um, Are there any other sort of final tips that you want to pass on to any other, to any single mums sort of looking to get going sexually again? (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, I just want to stress 
that sex is a really fabulous thing when it's done well. Yeah. That sex is one of the best things you can do for health and well-being. Um, that women are highly sexual, that if you're not feeling it, you've probably got a lot of baggage and myths carrying in your head. And really just go discover your sexuality. Like I've worked with so many women who've done it and it is just the most beautiful thing to see women blossoming. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I didn't say, like, I have three children myself. I've been a single mother. I suppose I still am in many ways. Um, yeah, it, there is no reason why being a mother, why being a single mother should do anything other than increase your sexuality, increase your ability to enjoy life and love life. And if you want to connect with a really beautiful man and they are out there, then you need to be the most beautiful person you can yourself. Yeah. And coming to terms with your own sexuality, understanding what it is in all of its beauty and power, like an empowered woman sexually is just the most beautiful being. Yeah. Then, and, and it helps you create a beautiful life. It helps you work with the guys because often we actually do need to help the guys. They're just as screwed up sexually <laughs> as we are, if not more so. So, yeah, and, you know, gradually we'll, we'll make the world a better place and it'll be great for our children because we'll be modelling healthy sexuality and healthy relationships for them in a way that we probably didn't get from our own parents. Yeah. So take your time. Take your time. There's no rush. There is absolutely no rush. Get to know yourself. Get to know where you're at, what you're liking, trust your intuition, and just have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Just enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so if anyone wants to contact you, I know you run a lot of workshops Mm -hmm. and online courses and things like that. I'll put your website in the show notes, but it's JacquelineHellier.com. That's right. And thank you just so much for coming on to the show. I know a lot of the single moms will get a lot out of this. So thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. (laughs) Okay, see you. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. Um, thank you so much for everybody sending me your questions and I hope that you feel a bit better about everything and you've got some answers and you sort of know where to go from here. Um, so this is the last episode before Christmas. I hope everyone has a really nice Christmas. Um, Christmas is obviously for some single mothers um, one of the – hardest times of years Uh, not for everybody but for some Um, it is really challenging so just look after yourself don't be too hard on yourself try to enjoy the time that you have with your kids and you know if if you don't have your kids then try and do something nice for yourself and if it's your first Christmas as a single parent I recently wrote a blog post about it which you can find on my website singlemothersurvivalguide.com so there's some tips there for your first Christmas as a single parent Um, but you know even if you're struggling and it's not your first Christmas as a single parent you might find some good ideas there as well to make you feel a bit better I hope everybody has a lovely Christmas and I will speak to you after Christmas okay bye